Are you the kind of gal who isn't interested in how things used to be in the hair industry, who wants to hear from ladies who are paving their own way while making waves? Well then, She Makes Waves is for you. Hey guys, so I know a lot of you have already downloaded the free workbook for She Nets Worth, but if you haven't, head over download that. And if it still leaves you wanting more, you're in for a treat. I'm going to be launching end of September, my course, She Nets Worth, a hairstyle's guide to going independent. So for anyone who is on the cusp, who's like in the next year, in the next six months, I'm not doing it yet, but I want to go independent or you've gone independent and you're like, I need a roadmap. I'm here. I did it. I pulled the trigger and I'm not sure what I'm doing now. This course is also for you. So I've taken it back to the drawing board. I've taken all of the learnings and all the teachings from my one-on-one coaching, and I've compiled it together in an at-your-own-pace five-week course. So I'm so excited. It'll be teaching you everything from how to read a profit and loss statement to how to get an LLC. So um, policies, procedures, everything that I do and make my business run in such a way where I can have the life of my dreams while running a business. So head over to my website, wavemaking.com slash course and get on the wait list because I don't want you to miss this. Faith, our (laughs) final episode on this journey together. I have set out to share with you our stories and lessons in life. I don't know. It sounds like a romance. Chapter. I feel like I couldn't even barely hear you. It was like, was my singing overpowering? Faith. <laughs> I feel like we need like a like. I'm like totally doing the sway because I'm standing. Faith, okay. what is it? We are here to share with you our lessons in faith, and we talked a little bit in the last episode about how you know, we have to lean into our faith and what that looks like. And, you know, we, you know, I thought we just decided to go rogue on the last episode because it was something that we both wanted to talk about. So it means different things, I think, for both of us, but there's an overlap. So, Don, take it away. Yeah, like immediately when I hear the word faith, it kind of triggers me a little bit because I was brought up in a very conservative black and white mentality up um, like faith community. And um, there was a lot of damage that was done in that growing up phase. And so I'm not, I I want people listening to know that I am not um, talking down to, you know, communities of faith by any means, but I'm just speaking from my personal experience. So if anyone listening, I just want you to have the grace to hear anything that we have to say about anything, knowing that it's coming from our personal experience and we're not casting a wide net on everybody. Um, but we're talking about our particular scenarios. So when I hear faith, like I immediately kind of get a little bit tensed up because it's a word that was used a lot in, in the communities that I was a part of that, um, I feel like did a lot of damage to my life. But when I do like sit and think, like, I remember like faith is like trusting in the things that we can't see. And that's when I look at my life and I look at how it's unfolded, like, I have more faith now than I ever did before, but I understand it in a completely different context. Yeah, I love that. And I feel like, I don't feel like I really understood faith or was given, like really leaned into faith until 
I had gone through things in my life and in my marriage and in my career that was like, I have to just like believe that it can be different. I have to like believe that the outcome can be different than the outcome I've had. And, and, and like faith is like, I don't know, I, I, the word that honestly comes to mind when I think of like what I've been, how I've been able to like pick my life back up and how I've been able to keep it moving. I would say grace and faith, but faith being something that like, I didn't really have a lot of, I think I was someone who liked inspirational quotes, but they didn't <laughs> in one ear and out the other. Whereas faith is like, just literally like, like you said, like trusting in what you can't see. And I know like back to experiences like you know you've been divorced I've almost been divorced it's like we bring our experiences and I think that those times really shape that and I think Mm -hmm. you're like really tested and I think that you can become better through those times and use those experiences to like tap into that faith or you can use it to like we all know that person that walks around with a badge of honor because yeah things that happened to you weren't fair but uh I've really can already see how my life is better because of terrible things. Totally. I always say like my divorce was like the worst thing that ever happened to me, but also the best. And it taught me that I have so much more grace for people. Like I used to be a very self-righteous judgmental person that like wouldn't admit that I wouldn't have called myself that, but I remember thinking like, Oh, like I'm better than them. I've got it. I've got it really figured out and they're a little bit lost. Um, or like, I remember judging, I remember hearing about people at our church that got a divorce after two years of marriage. And I was like, wow, they really didn't try that hard. And then all of a sudden, years later, I found myself going through a divorce after two years and two months after I'd gotten married and realizing like, well, shit, Don, you like way to, way to go thinking you knew anything about divorce and marriage when you were a single girl looking from the outside in because nobody knows what happens go, behind closed doors and no scenario is the same as another. And two years and two months can feel like an eternity when it's a very unhealthy relationship. Yeah. And I think it ends up making you, if you go through things like that and you like grow from them and you lean into different, like, you know, things, I think that you kind of become a part of a secret society. Like the people that I'm drawn to now, there's like a soul level depth to them that like I wouldn't have seen or appreciated before. And it's interesting because you and I've talked about, you know, we're both Rachel Hollis fans and as she's going through her divorce and the kind of the cruel things that you and I both seen people say, it's like, Oh my gosh, it's not okay. And, you know, I think that we all have to really be aware of the fact that like, you know, you're not, you're not a better person or in a better position because you cast judgment on someone else's scenario. And I think that we do that. And it's like, what, what's hurting in us or what are we so terrified of happening in our lives? We have to speak like kind of cruel words into someone else's painful season. Right. Like, and the, the audacity of us to like, when I hear people say like, oh, that's really cute what they're doing or like, oh, and like, oh, like those sorts of things. And like, that's sweet that they're trying. And it's like, it's putting yourself above them and like forgetting where you came from. Yeah, no. And I feel like faith kind of looks like a like a lot of different things, but I feel like it's kind of just like, like for me, even like, you know, bringing renters into my salon, like, I, I, I mean, it, it's been scary for me because I, I've, I've had a lot of bad experiences, but like believing that I can get a different outcome because I'm going to show up differently or people. Mm-hmm. And that like, 
in, in by, and it's like stretching yourself and being like, okay, like this person could be awesome. Am I really going to let everything that's happened to me, keep me from getting this like business relationship, this partnership that like I ultimately could have on the other side of all these learnings and all these teachings. So like, how about in your life? Like how is like leaning into being like, okay, like I've been burned or that's happened, but like, I'm going to try anyway, because I believe it can be different. Yeah. Like I immediately think of like being a boss and like I dabbled in being a boss for like the first five years of my business. I'd like hire a friend to do some stuff and like I do their hair in return or like I had like kind of, but I didn't know how to communicate. I didn't have boundaries. I didn't like know, you know, all the things that we've talked about in these previous episodes I didn't have. And then I started to think like, well, clearly I'm not a good boss if, if I like, and like, this is so frustrating. How do people do it? Because these people are doing it all wrong. And I was like a control freak and a micromanager. And then realizing like, okay, I can shift this internal talk. And like, if I keep doing what I've always been doing, I'm going to keep getting the same result that I've always been getting, but I need to trust myself and have faith in the fact that I can be a leader. I can be a boss, but what does that mean in the growth? And then this last two years has been really amazing. And I've been able to grow my business and I've been able to, you know, have some employees and have contracting people in my business and realizing like, oh, like I was giving myself this narrative of like what I thought I, what I was allowed to be, what I could be. And I had to start having faith that I could be more. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Because I think in like, also like being okay with back to like people seeing you as that, like, Mm -hmm. Like people seeing you as a leader and not being like, like letting it bother you that people, I don't know, like, like that people could get like, they have opinions about like how big you can be. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think like, and we limit ourselves because we don't, one, we don't have faith in ourselves or we've been hounded so far into the ground by people that we don't even know how to believe in ourselves. Yeah. No, I love that. And Honestly, I think that like when you, I, I feel like, I don't know about you, but I feel like when you put yourself back out there or you're like, I'm going to be a leader, like I need to grow into this because I want this for my life or I want to help these people. I don't know. I feel like the universe just kind of sends you like little angels. Mm-hmm. I'm just like picturing these little angels floating yeah. down. Angels that come because... I, I mean, in the form of like people that come into your life, it's like you, you, we talked about in other episodes about how you have to start like on the road and start walking the walk, but then it's so cool to watch the people that come alongside you. Has that been true for you? Yeah. Like I'd say you're one of my angels. I would say, I was hoping that we were going <laughs> to, hoping it was going to go there. Um, but no, it's like, I, I set that one up and just, you knocked it out of the park. <laughs> Yeah, you hit it in the hole. Um, but yeah, no, like just how, how like people come alongside you when you show up for your own life. Absolutely. <laughs> um, sorry, I've got the giggles. Um, yeah, and like I even think of like this whole boss journey that I'm talking about right now is like when there would be moments of like hiccups or frustration on my end of like, ah, oh, why is this happening again? Going like, okay, this is a pattern. And this, this always happens to me is something I need to internally reflect on because I'm the common denominator. And so how am I not, you know, and that's like that part of like having faith that I can become a good boss and I can become a good leader. But when these things that always happen to me happen, 
how can I reflect on that and change that? And I even think like, so there's that boss journey, but that's also my like romantic relationship history is like, how come, you know, like I never, I seem to, you know, all the guys I date seem to always be like this. And it's like, why am I picking these kind of people? And like, for me, it was like, I was finding men, boys (laughs) to date that like validated my biggest insecurities. Like I found people that, put truth to the fact that I didn't think I was worthy. And so I like, as much as like they are responsible for their own lives and the way they acted and treated me, I don't think is fair. I also sought out a type of person to validate my biggest fear. Cause then if they validated that fear, then I could stay comfortable in the safety bubble of not pushing myself outside of it. Yeah. I love that. Cause it's like, I feel like the word that comes up is curiosity. Like looking at yourself, you've been the only common denominator your whole life. What are, Get curious about how you show up and get curious about how it continues to put you in the same spot. Because I agree with you. The way that I did my career is how I did friendship. It's how I did romantic relationships. And there, there was no difference to how they were done. And mm-hmm. the way you do one thing is how you do everything. And uh, I believe there's some truth to that. And like getting curious instead of, I feel like for a long time, you know, focus on everyone else. Like Mm -hmm. they're doing that wrong. I could do that better. But really just like being like, why do I, why do I let people make me feel like that? Like I'm letting this happen. I'm, I'm creating the environment for this pattern to continue to be a part of my life. Absolutely. And like recognizing those patterns are hard because it's so much easier to feel like stuff is being done to you than you you play a part in it. Because as long, and like, that's like that passive aggressive thing that we were talking about is like, as long as I can like wash my hands and be like, Oh, I don't know this. Like I don't play a part. Then I don't have to change or I don't have to take ownership. But when we start, then like the crazy thing about this is that I'm like totally a control freak. And yet like, so if I can convince myself that something's out of my control, which is weird, you'd think I'd want to convince myself that it is within my control, but I want to absolve myself of responsibility so I can say I'm not in control of it because then I can, can, then I can stay the victim. And I don't really, I don't consider myself ever in a victim mentality ever, but if I can make myself the victim, and even with, this is kind of off, ta- off topic, but I feel like somebody needs to hear this. Even with my divorce, it would be so easy. And in the beginning, I blamed him for everything. Like he was the reason. And then realizing that it takes two people and we both own different parts of it. And I remember when I first started dating Nick, uh, well, not first, it was like a little while later. And I was like, you never really asked me a lot about my divorce. Like, and he's like, yeah, I didn't really know like how much I can. And I was like, hey, if we're together, like you deserve to know anything you want. Um, And I was like, so, and, and he's like, okay, well, like, what part did you play in it? And I was like, damn, that's a really good question. Yeah. Well, and I'm like, legit, like, that's like for someone who, like, putting myself in Nick's shoes, like, he's dating this girl. He knows I've been divorced um, and he's considering, like, you know, a long-term relationship like what part did she play and I remember my response to him was you know like I was like yeah I definitely played a part and then we went to a conversation where like I owned the stuff that I felt was responsible and later on in the com I don't know if that's the same day or another time but I was like like what did you or like what did you learn from that and he's like if you wouldn't have been able to say you played a part in it 
that would have been a red flag for me because it always takes two people. There's different scenarios. Maybe, you know, I won't want to say there's, it always takes two people. There may be like exceptions to that, but oftentimes like it takes two to tango. Right. And he's like, the fact that you were willing to own responsibility showed me that you were in a healthy place with it. And someone that, and I was like, Oh, interesting. Totally. I love that. And I was thinking about how like, there's a helpful way to say that. And there's, and then that's like, cause it's like, you guys are starting a relationship. You're through things. There's also the person that like four days into your relationship blowing up is like, well, you have to figure out what your part was. And you're like, how is that kind right now? Um, yeah. I have to come around to that and, you know, like different situations, different, you know, kind of relationship issues. You can have gone through something that wasn't your fault and that you didn't deserve Mm-hmm. And still see your part in it and see the way 100%. that created the environment that allowed for things to happen that were not kind or not healthy. And I think that there's a differentiator that I think some people don't always see. That No, it's like the fault versus um, responsibility. Yes, yes. I never heard that. But I, I feel like to me, there are people that are going to say that in a faulty way to you and it's going to hurt you. Because it's going to be hurtful because you're going to know what actually happened and no one, no one inside of that's not inside of that relationship really knows what happened. Yeah. Totally. Like I dated a guy once that was like, I don't know if I should be dating you. You're divorced. And he like, repeat, like would say that to me almost weekly. And I stayed with him for like eight months, but I was like, so like Dawn today would not like, I would have not even considered starting dating him. Right. Like, and I'm so glad that I went through that season to build the self-worth and the self-value. But like the fact that I allowed someone to talk to me like that and I stayed with them because I had such little self-worth. Yeah. Well, even like having faith in yourself, like I, I think about that all the time about healthy Lindsay. I think about how healthy Lindsay would have shown up in all those scenarios so differently. And Mm -hmm. that's ownership for like the way, the part that I played, it's not saying you deserve to have things happen to you. It's, it's saying like, God, it actually builds trust in yourself and faith in yourself to say, I don't need to be afraid of things happening to me again, because that like Lindsay of today would, wouldn't, tolerate being treated like that she wouldn't she would get up from the table that she was being treated like that at mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely like I just think like I would have slapped that person in the face <laughs> but that was that whole like looking for validation that like yeah I wasn't I am a terrible person and I'm not worthy and then thinking like oh I'm so lucky to be dating this person well, I love that when you weren't comfortable in or confident with like that it was the right thing for you you drew people into your life that kind of confirmed what you believed. Yeah. I think that's what we do, right? Instead of looking for people who can bring us up, we look for people that can confirm the shittiness and then we keep ourselves safe where then I thankfully got out of that relationship and, you know, started to grow in myself and started to like spend time with people that validated the good in me. And like, you know, dating Nick, who's someone who like trusts me, who believes in my crazy ideas, who validates me, who believes in me. And like, I look at not just my professional life, but my personal life, how it's grown and how like, you know, it's easy to find people to confirm our worst fears. It's easy to find people that they're hurting. So they keep you small to keep themselves safe. And it's easy to keep that company. But when you can start to find, you know, you become like the five people you spend the most time with. I think you said that recently, Um, you know, spend time with people that are going to lift you up. And going back to that response, I have a really good analogy that responsibility versus fault. What's that? Hit us with it. Hit us. Hit us with it. It's coming at you. So 
I think it's in the book at the subtle art of not giving a fuck where he says there's a very different, there's a very different um, distinction between um, fault and responsibility. And oftentimes people think taking responsibility, something admits fault. And so they don't want to take responsibility for something that's not their fault. And he uses the analogy of like, if you're sitting at a red light and someone you're stopped and someone comes up and rear ends you, that is not your fault whatsoever, but you are still responsible to take your car in and get it fixed. But how many times do people in life go, someone hit my car. It's not my fault. And so like, are you just not going to drive anymore? Cause you don't have a vehicle like, and it sucks. I remember like that one, that was one of my like adult first lessons of like being like, why do I have to do this? I like, I have to go take it in. I have to be without a car for four or five days. Like this sucks. And that's just part of being an adult and being a human is like, we have to take responsibility even for things that aren't our fault. We have to take responsibility for our lives and our, Oh, I just hit mute. We have to take responsibility for our lives and our future. um, Even despite the things that happen to us even despite yeah. the, sh- the shitty rocky roads that we go through. And then when we have faith in the future and we have faith and I think I have like, yeah, it says have faith in yourself and in your future right here in this little thing right the, oh, there. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was like a different quote, but same kind of thing. It's like your wound might not be your fault, but your healing is your responsibility. Absolutely. You like you break someone someone rams some uh, like their car into you 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 have you have a broken leg like it wasn't your fault but you yeah. still have a broken leg that needs rehabilitation like that's what happens in our lives and I think that like you know you can spend time and I think it's part of the journey part of the process of I don't want this to be my story I didn't I didn't sign up for this like this is not where I'm supposed to be and I think that you you get to do that a little bit but then at a certain point. Are you going to spend your life feeling bad for what you have? Or are you going to use it? And it's like, you're getting stuff from it that you can use later. And I, I don't know, like for me, for sure, I'm using things in my day-to-day life or how I show up because of things that have happened to me and hurt me. And I, I, I guess I'd be curious if you've done the same. Yeah. Like, I think like if you break your leg, you're not going to sit on the couch and not go to the doctor and not get it set and not go to physio. Cause you're like, well, but I think sometimes we do that, but I think like there's been really shitty situations that have come to my life that have benefited me hugely now that I've learned from. And so I want people to know that like, it sucks. We do not deserve half the things that happen to us in life. And I think that's the thing is like, I don't want anyone to think like, well, I guess this is the cards that I got dealt. I guess this is what I deserve. Like, I remember thinking like after my divorce, I, you know, growing up in a mentality of like divorce is wrong and bad and sinful. And then I remember cutting a friend's hair once and he was like, yeah, I absolutely think your divorce is sinful. And I was like, oh, like, cause he doesn't. I know. I like wanted to like, like jab him with the scissors. Um, And like he had, and then like, this is me venting because I'm still wounded from it. It still hurts. He was like, do you think you guys maybe could have tried counseling? And I was like, we did. Thank you. Thank you for thinking, you know, anything that went on behind closed doors. And that was really hurtful. And that was kind of like another affirmation of like, you know, good luck finding some, the, the person that you want to be with, the person that you crave to be with isn't going to want you. You're damaged goods. That's what I felt like. So then I sought out someone who confirmed that, right? Who continually told me how, you know, I don't know if I should be dating you. You're divorced. I don't know. Like, and like the shittiest things, but I sought that person out because that's what I thought I deserved. And then when I met Nick, 
it's a whole other story, but um, like thinking like, oh, I remember like throwing everything at him. Like I was like, I've done a lot of drugs in my life when I lived overseas. Um, I was like, uh, you know, like I'm, I was married and divorced and I like threw every, like everything in my like closet that I try to keep hidden at him. So that, and especially cause him being a minister and I was like, everyone that had to do with the church shamed me. You're like, um, you're emotional baggage. I'm just going to, yeah. First date, first time meeting in real life. Like we had like chatted online and I was basically like, huh. and then I was and like, kind of like, all right, bring it, bring it. Tell me how shitty of a person I am. Like, right. And then his response, no word of a lie was like, it's really interesting to hear all the things that life's thrown at you and the person you're trying to become because of it. Oh, that's romantic. And I remember being like, I don't know what this role, the role this guy's going to play in my life is, but like, I, th- I think a pretty big one. You're like, like you know, I'll start going to his, his, his parish if nothing else. <laughs> yeah. Which like funny enough, I don't go to church anymore, but um like, just like he met me with grace and being like, he saw where I was moving towards. And that's like, if I can show anyone hope, whether it's romantic relationships or business relationships or, or like family relationships or whatever it is, like that future that you crave and you see for yourself, a hundred percent can become reality. Just make sure you surround yourself with the people that see it in you too. Yeah. I love that. Like I was, as you, you were talking, I was thinking about how like, isn't it amazing how differently you show up when you come out the other side and how confident you are in yourself? Like what you did with Nick that day was so brave in that moment, but I feel like you live from that place now. I feel like that's, yeah. and like, I, I think it's kind of cool to talk about how, when you come out the other side of it, like someone being like, Oh, you almost got divorced or they'll say something mean to me. And it's like, I'm not uncomfortable with it. You are. Yeah. Yeah. People really like people. One, I had a friend once be like, I can't believe you talk about your previous marriage in front of Nick. And I'm like, it it happened. It's not, it existed. Like what? And like, people want to like sweep things under the rug. Like it's the name we don't mention in this house. Right. And like, I remember one time, like my ex-husband's name is Cole and like, I don't say it a lot and I want to respect him in that. But like, you know, people being like, whoa, don't say that name. And it's like, wow, it's not something that didn't exist. Like, why do we like our shameful pasts or the things that make people uncomfortable to talk about? Um, they want to just like, let's just erase history. And right. it's like, no, that's a really important part of my history. And they're almost saying like, oh, I, I like, I want you to show up as who you are today, but I don't want, like, we'll skip that whole season. It's like, no, that season made me like, I don't want to skip it. And mm. like, and like the way that it's like, I, you know, your, your hard seasons can make some people so uncomfortable. And, you know, you and I've talked about how, like, you know, having your handyman come over and like, be like, where's your couch? And you're like, oh, uh, well, we're all moved out. And he's like, oh, well, m- Merry Christmas. I hope, happy, have a great holiday. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. You almost want to walk around and be like, I'm sorry to do this to you. But it's like, wait, this happened to me. Yeah. It's, people get so uncomfortable when you're honest. Yeah. I think that, but it, that's to me what's so refreshing. Or like, you'll say something to someone that you, like, you know, I took a break from a, you know, like my husband's family for almost two years. And when I came back and I'd be like, when did you guys do that? And they were like, two years ago. And I was like, Oh, so it's not a new, not a new change. Um, (laughs) People don't know what to do with it. Absolutely. And I can be pretty frank and I'll just like call things as they are. Like, like, so like there'll be things where like, 
someone will be like, when did you get that? And I was like, I think it was a wedding gift. <laughs> and they'll be like, uh, <laughs> yeah. And then, and then I like, oh yeah. And then like, you know, somebody like, oh, this is really nice. I'm like, yeah, I got that for my wedding. And they're like, and like, and like, cause Nick will be in the room and they're like, uh, and I was like, he knows that. Like, I'm sure hope he knows I was married. And it'd be kind of funny to walk through the door of like, oh, I, I guess I should tell him, Nick, I was married, um, before we were together. Like this whole like shtick of like, like, yeah. About this. Like, yeah, like just, oh like shh don't tell like just I just need to quickly tell him <laughs> yeah like excuse me for a second yeah yeah and I think it's so funny because I feel like it builds like a like a, I feel like I have a sense of humor about things mm-hmm. like even what you were saying about like oh that was a wedding gift or like someone will be like oh do you have this at the shop I'm like oh I didn't get that in the salon divorce yeah no I didn't get that and like, it's just funny to me, like how it's just, it's kind of, to me, it's refreshing. And it's a way for me to incorporate and to live into like my like whole story that I'm comfortable mm-hmm. sharing up until that point. And it's just funny to me how you being comfortable with the things that have happened to you sometimes shines a light on the fact that other people are still not comfortable and it didn't even happen to them. Right. And it's so funny. Like, and I think, I wonder if it's like part of that people pleasing part or like people just don't know how to navigate uncomfortable situations and like when we've actually healed from it like I wasn't able to talk this candidly about it in the rawness of it but when you've healed from it and when you've moved forward from it and you can look back and be thankful for it for the person it's made you be it's not a big deal to talk about it and it's not like you know it's one thing for me to talk about it and another for someone to like inquire about it do you know what I mean that'll probably always be be gross honestly yeah yeah or like people want to expect you to talk shit about people. And it's like, when you can be like, you know, like it, you know, things didn't end well. Like I just even think like, so I had a girl that worked for me for a year as a hairstylist. uh, And then I laid her off and it was because I was like, I was realizing I didn't want to be a boss and I wasn't happy being a boss and I was doing her a disservice, but you know, I didn't, announce it online I didn't you know and we and her were good friends and it was extremely hard for me to say like this is your last day and I wish you well and here's your payout for three weeks but like this is this is our last day working together and I wish you well and I'll give you a great reference um but people want to be like what happened and I was like nothing and like they wanted drama and I was like literally it was not no drama zero drama and I think it's just sometimes it's just and it's easier to like when you haven't healed something yet to just keep it professional. And I think that, you know, like people want the gossip. They're like hairstylists, like gossip, but like, I rather learn while I'm doing people's hair. Honestly, like I know a little bit about everything. Like I have a client who once she was a private investigator. I learned how to look people up in open states. Like, why are you wasting your time with people that you could be learning stuff from? And like, people love to talk about what they do. So like, Mm -hmm. I've kind of found a way like, you know, like not to like totally switch gears, but to be like, when you're in those seasons and people want to put that pressure on you to get the gossip, it's like, uh, enough about me, uh, Susan. Can we talk about your disguises that you wear? <laughs> I think because that, that's real. And then that person gets fired up and they're excited to be there. And I think sometimes yeah. we, we have to give people the whole, the whole story to, to, because like we owe that to people or that we're just open books. But there's a way to be open and be private. And I think mm-hmm. I've been able to do that. And it sounds like you've been able to do that. And I feel like you're one of the realest people I've ever met. And I still feel like there's a level of... Um, 
privacy that you have that I think that is classy and I, I appreciate it. And I think that sometimes behind the chair, we can kind of get confused at what our role is. We're doing hair, we're making, we're lifting people up. And if we can empathize, that's cool, but it doesn't need to be at our expense of our healing. A hundred and ten percent. I love that. And I like that you said, did you say classy? Did you use that word for me? Dang, I don't know if anyone's ever used the word classy to describe me. Like, you know, have parts of your story that don't just like diarrhea on people. I think I used to think like, oh my God, I got to like tell people everything. And, you know, there's a level of class that comes with Mm -hmm. privacy and holding back some of yourself and some of your story for, for the right people. And that's not everyone. Absolutely. You don't owe it to anyone to share your full story or to, you don't have to justify anything. It's funny. Cause like, you know, when, when my dog passed last year, Leroy, um, like he was such a big part of my online life. And so people really cared about him, but sharing what happened was, is something that I don't share. And people really, you know, out of caring wanted to know, but then there was like a few people that felt really obligated to know and got really offended when I didn't share what happened. And that was just a boundary for me. And that was something that was very personal and private to me and was real. I'm going to get choked up, but it was like really hard to work through because so much of him was public, but this was like a private thing that I was keeping to myself. Well, yeah. And I think that that people get confused and you bring up a really good point of like, when you share so much of yourself, you have to be the one that sets the limit for as far as it goes. And you are such an open person. I feel like I'm such an open person. So it's like, it's up to us to decide like where that line is. And then Mm -hmm. to just like live to that line, like live at our edge of sharing and caring. And then anything on the other side of it, like you don't owe people an explanation. And like, I think that's, that's the thing, like, kind of like, even with like Rachel Hollis and what she's going through, it's like people say like, she said she loved her husband. It's like, she does love her husband and she, it might not be healthy for them. We don't know, but when people are living in real time and then there's social media and people feel like they know people, they, they, they forget that like that we're still human and that you're a human. And I've said it before as hairstyles, we're, we're a character in people's lives. And sometimes people lose sight of that. Like you have real hurts and real pain and real loss and, um, you know, you and I didn't really know each other super well back then, but I knew how you loved that dog because of how much I love my dog. And like, I felt like so sad about it, but I feel like, I don't know. I feel like, but like anything beyond that is like, just like, to me, it's inappropriate when someone shares it to their, like to their edge, I guess I just assume that everyone's sharing to their edge and that's going to look different for everyone. Mm-hmm. But expecting people to share beyond that, it's, uh, it shows me a lack of uh, self-awareness or boundary in your own life. But it's hard when you're like hurting from something and um, people press on those hurts by doing stuff like that. It's, uh, yeah, and then like there's the other, the flip side where some people are just like waiting for someone to ask them to tell them more. Right. Like I remember meeting a girl once who her sister had tragically passed from getting hit. She went for a, for a jog at 10 PM in Saskatchewan, which like it stays daylight till like 11 PM in the summer and went out for a jog and got hit by a car. And like the guy driving the car was just reaching for a Slurpee and like, didn't see her come out between two cars. And it was like very tragic death. And I remember say, being at a birthday party and I said, everyone kind of left. It was just me and this girl. And I was like, it felt awkward, right? Like we don't know how to navigate these uncomfortable, these situations where people are hurt. And like, do we talk about it? Do we not? And I just said, I heard about your sister and I'm so sorry. And I'm not sure if you want to talk about it or or not, but I wanted to acknowledge it. And she said, 
oh my gosh, thank you. It's all I want to talk about. Nobody's asking me. Yeah, I think there's the elephant in the room situation. Yeah. And so now when I navigate those situations, I always say like, hey, whether you want to talk about it or not, I'm here for if you do, and I'm here to support you and however. So let me know how I can support you. If you want to talk about it, great. If you don't, that's great too. Oh, I love that. I actually, behind the chair, you know, when someone comes in and they're like struggling, like to your same point, some people it's helpful to talk about. And and sometimes for me, it's helpful. And then sometimes what's helpful is to not. And so like, it's kind of cool. Like you said, like, like when you give people that space, like I'll, I've said to clients before, like, would it help you to talk about it? Or is it one of those things where it wouldn't? Because Mm -hmm. I think there is in some days, and it could just be the day, right? But like, but I find that that is so accurate. And, you know, like I've had people like their daughter has cancer or something like that. And I'll say, how's it been going? Do you ever feel like a zoo animal where people just come to watch you? And, and literally people will look at you and be like, you're the first person that's like acknowledged that like I'm on display and people keep dropping donuts off. And you're like, wow, like, like you can open the door. And if people, and if people walk through it, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And being respectful if they don't, but I think people like there's some people that like get off on like knowing people's stuff. Well, yeah. And like, they love to be like the one in their town or like wherever, let's say like where I do hair. It's like, sometimes people, I think they love to be the one that like is the first one to send the text out to like all the, all the friend clients, like stop Lindsay today. Um, yeah. So a uh, little tidbit and it's like, Oh my God. And you know, it's happening when someone's like, Oh yeah, I got a text from so-and-so. I'm like, Alrighty, confirms it. It's happening. Here have we you, go. Have you read Amy Poehler's book, her autobiography? Would you recommend it? Look, I feel like we should pause this and I should go get it and then come back. Okay, okay. Okay. All right, we're back. I could not find the part in the book, but Amy Poehler's book, Yes, Please, is so good. And what we did find was even better. Um, nothing is anyone's business. And if you guys are watching this, you guys, I'm holding it up right now. And I, like, how much does that resound to you, Lindsay? I mean, if, if I had just had that tattooed on my forehead for about two years, that would have really helped me get through the day. <laughs> and backwards, so I could read it through the salon mirror. That would have yeah. helped. I, one of my mantras that I look at daily is, what other people think of me is none of my business. Oh, that's, it's so true. It's mm-hmm. so true. And just like letting... Letting your mess kind of make you better is uh, is something that like I continue to do. So it's not anything you need to be ashamed of, anything anyone's going through, because Don and I are pretty awesome. Yeah, we've been through shit and we got out the other side. But yeah. we aren't shit. Well, we're the shit. Yeah, I was going to say, like, we are the shit. <laughs> yeah, so I hope anybody that's listening that's maybe going through a hard time or feeling beaten down that they can trust that their future, they have a worthy future ahead of them. And they, they can still like, I was 28 when I got divorced. I was 31 when I moved to a new city. I kind of thought like my chances had gone by, but there's so much more to life. Yeah. There's so many chapters. You might be in a rough one right now, but like, it's not the whole book. It can feel like the whole book, but I kind of think like a lot of like, when we look back at our lives, there'll be little blips and you have to kind of hold on to that. Yeah. I wish I could play Natasha Bedingfield's unwritten song. Oh the rest is still unwritten. Uh, that, those kind of songs really speak to me. Yeah. Well, Lindsay, doing this series with you has been so fun. Oh, I've had the time of my life, Dawn. 
Now I have the time. I'll just leave it to me to pick a song for every sentence. No, it's been so good. And I'm curious, those of you guys that are listening, do you want more of Lindsay and me? Maybe they've maybe they've had enough and they'll be honest. This is an honest group. I know that. So we'll have to do a poll on our pages on Instagram and kind of we'll hear what they have to say. Yeah, we'll let the people speak. <laughs> But it won't affect our worth, yeah. and we'll keep our boundaries, and uh, we're going to have faith. Yep, and we're going to keep our money mindsets. Boom. <laughs> Boom. All right, well, this was so fun. I'm kind of sad. Yeah, this isn't goodbye. This is just a see-, see you later. This is just a see you later. That it is.